0: There's a lot of stuff we can listen to, but we need to listen to what God has to say. Why is that? Because God loves us.
1: Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: Remember, the Father was appeased when Jesus Christ died on the cross. Remember that. That's the foundational standpoint of your relationship with Christ. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you've applied what Jesus did on the cross to your life. The Father in heaven is appeased. No incense burning, no reciting prayers, no many Hail Marys, no many Our Fathers. You simply, you have a relationship with God now. In fact, the Bible warns, it says, don't be like the heathen that think they're going to be heard for their much speaking in the repetition of prayers. It's exactly opposite. That doesn't speak of a personal relationship. It speaks of some kind of a weird, disjointed kind of thing. God wants you to talk to him. He loves you. And because he loves you, he wants to cut through all the religious junk whereby we're adopted, we're his children. Always remember that. You know, I I didn't have children for a long time. I've been blessed with those. I found one thing about children. They are unpretentious. If they have something to say, they will say it, whether I'm with them alone in the driveway or whether I'm in church on Sunday morning with all of you. If they got to go to the bathroom, they will say, I got to go. They have no, they have no uh, uh, regard for it. All they want is they want to talk to daddy. Oh, friends, if we can just go back to that. If we can just go back to that relationship whereby we cry, Abba, Father, we cry daddy. And because then we have that relationship, we can then transpose that into our friend's our brothers and sisters in Christ and then into the world. We can't expect something to go on within, in the world in ministry where it doesn't even go on in the church. And when everything seems to oftentimes be just a multi-marketing scheme, sometimes it happens in church and everybody is just really using everybody and each other, well, you have this business, I have this business, scratch each other's back. That's not Fellowship. That's business. That's Costco with a cross. What you need is you need that where, hey, no matter what happens, I got your back. No matter what happens, you got a friend. No matter what happens, I'll be praying for you. You call me anytime you need me. You see, God endeavors to have us have a relationship with him. And then we have that relationship with each other not in using each other, but in blessing each other. Always remember, when we come to church, you have as much to receive here as you do to give. And so when we rob ourselves of God's fellowship, when we rob ourselves of what God, by the Holy Spirit, may say to an individual, to me, I cut myself off sometimes from hearing God's voice that way. So I believe that, again... It's so important that as we have a relationship with God, not, para, not predicated upon religion, not predicated upon how many Hail Marys I can say, now many, how many Our Fathers I can say, but just going back to that simple, sweet relationship with God, talking to Him with great honor and respect, as you would any father, and yet having that relationship with Him verse 20, verse 26. How is it then, brethren, how are you doing? Whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. That means the building up of the saint. You're built up, you're going to build other people up. When you're built up, we can go out into a world that doesn't love God, and I can get beat up by the world that doesn't love God, and I can take a licking and keep on ticking. Why is that? Because that is not my source of what people in the world think of me. It's what God thinks of me and my family. You see, that's something that's pretty fragmented in our society today. So he says... Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be two, or at the most three, each one in turn. Not Johnny jump up, but each one in turn, and let one explain fully what they're doing. Just like Peter did in Acts chapter 2. They're not drunk with wine. And if there's no one to explain to them what they're doing, let them keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. So, yeah, is it? can you pray in tongues here at church while we're during the worship service? Yes. But if there's no one to explain what's going on, in other words, somebody doesn't hear what you're doing, it's just affecting maybe a particular area, hey, then, uh, then just let him speak to God. And let two or three people speak. Let the others judge. Is this really of God? If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let him first keep silent. Now, we remember that there was a guy in the early church named Agabus. Funny name, but nevertheless very important. And he had the word of prophecy in that he could tell the future. I believe those guys are around, and if you have that gift, please let me know. And here's why. Because he predicted that there was going to be a famine, and because of his Being tuned into the Spirit, he was able to warn the church. The church was able to save up, and they survived that famine. It's the same Agabus that uh, when Paul was on his way to Jerusalem, and he wrapped uh, his, his girdle, it's called a girdle, but it's really his outer cloak, around his hands. He says, so is the man that when he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be bound. He just knew, and he was, just as Agabus said. I think those are really important gifts in the spirit, how the church works. And again, because I believe that as the world grows darker and we come closer and closer to the second, or maybe I should say the rapture of the church, the tribulation and the second coming of Christ, I believe that we need to be really listening to God. We just do. There's a lot of stuff we can listen to, but we need to listen to what God has to say. Why is that? Because God loves us and he has a message for us. Do you realize you're an important mouthpiece for that that goes on? Now, again, I believe that God is a great God of heal that heals. And we have great illustrations of that in our fellowship. But I also believe other things that God wants to do in these days. And some of these things are going to be exhortations and some of them are going to be warnings that we need to be listening to God. So if you're a Christian, you've asked God to fill you with His Holy Spirit and you get unctions from God, you can tell people. You can tell me. I remember one time there was a lady going out of church and she walked up to me, and she said, I got healed this morning. And I said, well, okay, how did that happen? And she said, well, she says, when we were were worshiping, uh, the Lord spoke to me to just reach out and touch the person in front of me, and I did. And when I touched her, I got healed. I said, really, who was it? And she told me who it was. Uh, She's moved away back east, but she said, I said, I know who that girl is. She has the gift of healing. It's the weirdest thing. How the Holy Spirit told you to touch her and, she'd be, and you'd be healed. We got works. We have a God that sometimes, friends, we put in a box. And the thing is, is as God begins to use you, In a very dynamic way, and I believe God does not have favorites. I believe God will use anybody that is called by his name in a dynamic way, far beyond that which you could ever hope to dream or think. It's going to do a couple of things. The first thing it's going to do, it's going to bless people around you. That's the way God works. But another thing it's going to do, it causes jealousy. Now, this is something that we don't always interpolate to uh, the Christian life. But remember, the Pharisees were insanely jealous of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus was the real deal and what they had wasn't. Where Jesus could go up and say, in the name of Jesus, see, or he would just say, see, and and they saw. Only thing they could say is, go heal somebody else on on another day on the Sabbath. You're working on the Sabbath. Here, a demonstration of the power of God, something that even today no doctors can do, and yet Jesus would do that, and the reaction wasn't, oh, wow, God is real. It's, oh, I can't do that, and you can. Beware of that. It happens. So he says, If anything is revealed to another who sits by, let him keep uh, keep silent, I think that's good. And then reveal it later. For you can all prophesy or speak under the anointing of God one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged and that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And I believe this is really important. In other words, this, what God puts in us is still subject to you. In other words, it isn't well, God just told me to get up and run across the stage. No, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So God's not going to make you do something weird. This is a lot of times a thing when when people have been asked, "Have you been filled with the Spirit?" They think God's going to make them start vibrating in front of the church or jumping over pews or all those kinds of things. That isn't the way it works. God puts the Spirit into us. He allows us to have governance over that, but to have a willingness to use that to bless one another. For God is not the author of confusion, but peace, as it is in all the churches of the saints. Wow. That's amazing that God wants to do something brand new in all of our lives. Living by the Spirit, rather than by living by the flesh, having God realign our purpose and value of what we live for each day for an eternal reward. You know, it's really weird. God is going to reward everyone for what they do for him. But then what's really strange is it was God who inspired you to do it in the first place. So here's the deal. God inspires us to do something. And then when we get to heaven, God rewards us as if we're the one that did it. (laughs) I like that. That's good. God does cool things. And again, it's only really what matters is what God sees. Again, when you step out in faith, and even though everyone will laugh at you, when I started the radio network years ago, I I was laughed to scorn by so many people. I had people make fun of me and all kinds of things. And you know, today I look at that as I realize that people all over the nation write to us, all over the world write to us. In fact, on to every man and answer this past week, we got a call from Jerusalem, Israel, people listening there. And I go, wow, God, that is so weird how that works. And God says, you ain't seen nothing yet. And what's that mean? God's got a lot more. God's got a lot more for all of us. If we're willing to simply say, okay, Lord, here am I. Do what you want. When you stop to think living a life apart from God, an unregenerated person, an unsaved person, living their life selfishly, that all that matters is what matters to me. And God says, okay, now those that want to have more in their life, we renounce that way of life. We turn our back. We reject that old sin nature. And we go, okay, God, from now on, I want to live for you. God says, hold on to your car keys. You're going to go for a ride. What's that mean? That means that God does far beyond, the Bible says, that which we can ask or think. I like that. So what you thought is going to be far greater than, what God, than, than anything you could ever think of that God wants to do in your life. So this morning, being filled with the Spirit, live by the Spirit, live in the Spirit. Luke tells us, in Him we live, move, exist, and have our being like a fish in water. That's what we endeavor to do. And the thing is, sometimes people don't understand how God would, might be leading you, but he will. And the reason he leads us is because he's got something much bigger than anything than we have ever thought of. Now, sometimes that big thing that God does may be leading one person to the Lord that no one else knows who turns out to be a world evangelist. You don't know how God does it, but I can guarantee you, you will lay up a reward for yourself in heaven. And that friends, is going to be a great reward through eternity. So often, so many people live just for the moment. I want to encourage you. You're not put on this earth to live for the moment. You're put on this earth to live for eternity. And eternity begins when you die? No, eternity begins right now. Begins right now. That's why the Bible says today is the appointed day of salvation. That's why God calls us to repent today. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. You know, the Lord could take us all home tonight. And if that happens, I'm quite a prophet. But the question is, are you ready to go? You know, in the Bible, in, uh, towards the end of the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus wipes away every tear from their eyes. People have said, I thought there was no sorrow in heaven. Why are people crying in heaven? where Jesus in heaven would wipe away tears from their eyes. I don't know. I'm not completely sure. Maybe it's because when we get to heaven, we're going to see everything and we're going to go, wow, God, it is all true. Everything you said, I wish I could have done so much more for you. If I'd only thought it through, if I'd only take what your word says and taken it to heart, I could have done so much more. And it might be some tears of remorse in that I could have done so much more. Maybe it's it's that, God, I'm I'm sorry it, it took me so long to get to be about your business. I don't know. The good news is Jesus wipes away the tears from our eyes. I just want to encourage you today. Live in the Spirit. Reap the reward of the Spirit. You know, again. What was the power that we see where, as an example, Peter was walking along. They were going up to the temple and praying. This guy had his hand out wanting some money. And Jesus, Peter said, silver and gold, we don't have, but such as we have, we give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And the guy leaps up and starts running and praising God. I like that. And I look at that and I go, God, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. And when someone when God inspires us to pray for somebody that we see the miracles and we see those power and we see God's hand that's what we want friends. I don't want dead religion. I was raised in religion. I know what it is. And it's everything I don't want. But a relationship with a true and living God, a personal relationship whereby I cry, "Abba Father," and I'm unpretentious. I can say it in a crowd or I can say it by myself in a field. I can talk to God the same way. That's what we want. And that same invisible Holy Spirit that inspired these people that we read about in the Bible, from whether you be reading Genesis to Revelation, it's the same God that wants to do that in you today. God doesn't have favorites. He's alive today on the planet Earth. Let me tell you something else. The devil's alive and well on the planet Earth, too. And he's out to steal and destroy and take away the very heart and life of people. Why? Because if he can do that, they will never reach what God wanted them to do. My prayer is we get to them before he does. And I pray that everybody, everybody believes something, friends. I pray that we can get to them with the truth before the world does. That gets them into some kind of Eastern mysticism or some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, living in your past or or some other weird belief. That the belief of Christ is so simple. I love what Jesus said. Jesus was a master teacher. And because he was a master teacher, he could speak to children and confound the Pharisees. Remember, Jesus was teaching one time, and, and the little kids are trying to get to him. And, and the disciples are trying to push him away. And Jesus said, "Nah, suffer the little children to come unto me, such is the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and Jesus, and at the same time, he would tell his stories. And by the way, kids don't hang out where they're bored. If you've ever noticed that, they're on to the next, they'll go play with rocks before they'll listen to you. And, and, and so Jesus was talking to them, and they were in they were they were drawn to him, and at the same time confounding the religious leaders of the day that 's a good teacher that's someone that understands that's someone that knows because he is the Holy Spirit, and he wants to work that in you this morning. I pray that um if you're not a Christian that you would um Seriously consider your relationship with God today. What are you living for? Just exist? Well, you know, just another, another Friday night. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. Is it? Really? And then you run out of Friday nights, and someday you're going to stand before a God that's going to ask, what did you do with your life? I want to just encourage you this morning, consider Jesus. That he died for you. He loves you. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. He wants to have a relationship. See, that's what we had in the garden, everybody. God would come and walk with men in the cool of the evening, and then sin entered the picture and separated the fellowship. And so God says, okay, this is what you had, but to restore it, you need, and we have all the Old Testament laws, rituals, and all those things to explain what God wanted in a relationship, which, by the way, none of us could ever do. And then Jesus comes along and reconnects everything. He says, all the law and the prophets, everything about the Old Testament is summarized in two commandments. Love God, love your fellow man. Wow. That's easy. Yeah, it is. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer you're going to fall back into religion. So this morning, if you're distant from God, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I have let things, whether it be sin or whether it be religion, get in the way of my relationship with you. All the things I'm going to do to impress you. And where we just go and say, "Okay, God. I'm sorry." A friend, the Bible says, it sticks closer than a brother. How much religion do you need? How much enchantments do you need? How many prayers? How many hoop jumpings do you got to do to have a friend that sticks closer than a brother? None. You just need to sit down alongside of them. So sit down with your Lord and say, okay, God, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And don't do it just once. Do it all day long. Otherwise, I'll miss opportunity. God's got a lot of great opportunities, and I'll miss them. And I have known one thing, that when we bless others, here it is, friends, we are blessed. The old sin nature says, bless me first, and then I'll bless others. God says, bless others, and then I'll bless you. That requires a step of faith, doesn't it? See, because I always was used to watching out for number one. God says, no, I'm number one. You bless me, I'll bless you. If you're not right with God this morning, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I want you to be my closest friend. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my King. I believe you died on the cross for me, Jesus. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. And so open the doors, close them according to your will. Thank you for eternal life with you. And may I live for you each day. Your blood covered my sins. And so now, every day is for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening.